Welcome to Words of Inspiration with Rev. James T. Brown, Jr., the lead pastor of Tabernacle of Worship. Let's join today's message in progress. In today with our series that we began last week, One Nation, One God. One Nation, One God. And we're going to start as we, as we look at scripture back in the book of Ezekiel. We're looking at Ezekiel chapter 22. And we're going to begin with verse 29 today, Ezekiel 22 and verse 29. And here the word of God reads, it says, the people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Today we're speaking from the subject, is he looking for you? Is he looking for you? Is he looking for you? Here we see in the most recent scripture that we studied on last week where God was, he wanted to reestablish his heart in the people in his own people, to have leadership that he planted and would nurture so that they would learn to have the Father's heart. They would learn to have the Father's heart. But we, when we look at this particular passage, the leaders did exactly the opposite, exactly the opposite. They were corrupt, manipulative, and hurtful and hurtful. Look with me at the first verse here again. Verse 29. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Here, much of what we see here in this scripture, in this passage, is what we're witnessing in our very day and time. It's what we're witnessing in our day and time. We see that oppression was used extensively to control the people. This is what they were doing. They used oppression to control the people. The rich oppressed the poor. Masters, their servants. Landlords, their tenants. And even parents, their own children. These were the things that were going on in that day and time. They were using oppression to manipulate each other. Listen, it is, the it is an aggravation of sin that they have vexed the poor and needy, the poor and needy whom they should have relieved and whom they should have supplied uh, or given care to and aid to, but yet they were oppressing them. They were pressing them. They were vexing the poor and the needy. Oftentimes in our society, we find the rich trying to abuse the poor or manipulate them because they do not know uh, or they do not have actually the resources to defend themselves. 
So they do these things that are not fair to oppress others instead of serving them. I need somebody to type in chat right now, called to serve called to serve listen he is calling us to serve people notice he is putting them on notice he said look i see what you're doing i see exactly what you're doing and notice this he said the people he did not say the leadership the eldership he said the people why because in the in the scriptures before that he had already addressed the princes of the land he had already addressed the prophets and later on, we're going to deal with that. But he had already addressed the prophets. And he was saying, listen, you all are doing these things to manipulate people. And guess what? It had now flowed down into the fellowship, the people. And now they were treating one another in the same manner, treating one another the same way. God was saying, listen, this isn't what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be serving. Listen, call to serve. We're called to serve. That's what we need to do. We need to be serving one another and serving God's people. That's what we should do. Listen, even, watch this, even buyers and sellers will find some way to oppress one another. Even buyers and sellers in this day, in that time, and guess what? Not just in that day, in this day too. In this day too, buyers and sellers looking to, to, um, to actually oppress one another. So instead of using business principles of finding a win-win scenario or situation, you have actually have sellers and buyers trying to cheat each other out of what they uh, treat each other out of um, being equitable toward one another. So instead of trying to find true equity, they're cheating each other. Seeing how they can get over on one another. See how they can be dishonest toward one another. And thinking that God is okay with this. Walking around calling themselves followers of God. You see, these things we have to be mindful of. We've got to understand that God is not pleased in this. God is not pleased in this. He was letting them know, I'm not pleased in that. This is not anything that pleases me. This is not my nature. This is not my character. Where is your WWJD bracelet and necklace? Did we forget about, get, forget about that? What would Jesus do? No, not what Justin would do. Not what Jeff would do. What would Jesus do? Do you think he'd actually be pleased with this? No, he would not. But yet, just like in that day, many we find in this day doing the same thing doing the same thing here we have to see that we see these actions today we see these actions today and then finally he said this he said they oppress the stranger they oppress the stranger look at this he talked about how they oppress um and ex exercise robbery with each other they vex the poor and the needy and then he says here how they oppress the stranger or the temporary resident the stranger or the temporary resident. Now, they ought to have been, that they ought to have not only been just to them, but they should have also been kind. They should have been kind. This is what exemplifies the character of Christ, the spirit of God, that those who come among you, and he has, you go through the Deuteronomy and you see all the laws. He talks about how to treat the stranger in your land. He talks about it. But they weren't doing that. They were mistreating them. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> Interesting. They were talking about the very same thing then 
that we're looking at now. You see, to treat them any other way is actually it's an apostasy or it's ungodly, an apostasy, meaning it's not like God. You turn away from God, reject God and his ways. That's what this is. When you're treating people who are in dire straits, they've left their land, they've left their things, they have nothing else, but yet you reject them and also say, well, no, send the boat back out, turn the plane and send it somewhere else. No, we don't want it here. Listen, even though you have what can actually benefit and help them, and could it be that you simply need to be able to sow the seed so you can get your blessing and harvest? But when you are looking at the fact that God wants you to be a blessing to them, you never look to sow anyway. You're simply looking to get what you can get. <sighs> Something that we just have to bear in mind. Look with me at the next verse. Verse number 30. Verse 30. And it says here. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I found none. Not one. Not one. Not one person could be found to stand in the gap. On behalf of the people not one watch this sin makes a gap in the hedge of protection that is, that is around God's people let me say that again sin makes a gap in the hedge of protection that is around God's people sin is and he couldn't find anybody who's willing to step in and fill in that gap to reconnect and reunite the hedge that protects the people of God. Not one. Listen, the way of standing in the gap, holding back the judgment of God is by repentance, repentance, prayer, and then restoration or change of heart. Or change of heart. I need somebody to type in chat, stand in the gap. Stand in the gap. No one, not one of us is willing to stand up and pray. Not one of us can repent. We can repent for the sins of our own communities, of our own nation, of this world. We can't do that. We're so prideful that we're looking so inward that we don't understand that we fall apart together. It was Dr. King that said either we learn to live together as brothers or we'll die together as fools. We've got to understand that we are in this thing together. This planet, we live on it together. Our communities, we live within them together. We must understand that God has designed it that way and allowed it to be that way. So when something goes wrong, there should be someone who's willing to get up and say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. I'll get up. I'll pray. I'll repent. I'll fall on. Lord, I'll do it. I'll fall on my face before you because if nobody else will do it, I know how to do it. Even though I may not be the most public speaker, or the most grandest or, 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 or eloquent speaker, but Lord, I'm willing to fall on my face before you. I'm willing to come before you, God, and tell you exactly how I feel. 
tell you exactly what I see and what we're going through and ask you to forgive us, to ask you to have mercy. I'm willing to do that. Is anybody, does anybody see this? He couldn't find one. Imagine how heartbroken God was where he couldn't find one person who would be willing to come to him after all of the times he delivered them, after all of the times he brought them through peril and challenge and all of that stuff. He did it, and they couldn't even come to him one time. Not once. My God, my God. Type is stand in the gap. Stand in the gap. Listen, when Abraham prayed, and asked God to spare Sodom, what was he doing? He was standing in the gap. When Moses went before him and asked him to spare the Israelites, what was he doing? He was standing in the gap. We simply need to be willing to stand in the gap. It is a shame when God can't find his people who are willing to fall on their faces and pray to him. It's a shame. But yet we'll sit there and watch all this foolishness go on around us. People yelling at each other, fighting at each other over masks, willing to roll up and threaten people. Say, I know where you live and all of this foolishness over masks. And let me say this to my brothers and sisters in the presbytery. It is time to open up your mouths. And to declare the truth of God's word and to not sit there and allow this stuff to go on in your house of worship. Whether you are black, white, Latino, Asian, it doesn't matter. If you call upon the name of Jesus and God is your heavenly father, then you cannot sit in those pulpits and allow this to happen. Because they're looking at you and whatever you do, whatever you allow and you're silent to, you give consent to. And that's why they continue to do it. And they have the, the indecency to say they're doing it in the name of God. This has to stop. We have to stop it. It can no longer go on. And we've got to be bold and stand up and declare what is righteous and what is unholy. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you're in the Metro Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for our regularly scheduled services at Tabernacle of Worship. You will also be able to get this entire message. Please feel free to visit our website at www.taboworship.org. That's www.taboworship.org for more information.